Amen. What a beautiful slide. It's beautiful. And I like these three words. Eating to live. And don't worry if it's not a typical Sunday morning message or preaching. As a matter of fact, the Lord is doing stuff right now anyway. And we are going to learn some things. We won't finish this morning. And the Lord was saying to me, my people are being destroyed because of ignorance. That's my paraphrase. He says, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge, because they don't know. My friend and former pastor, the late Dr. Miles Monroe used to say, what you don't know can kill you. So this morning, Keep these three words in mind, eating to live. But some weeks ago, we started to go in this direction and the Lord had other plans on. Boy, did he minister to us? We bless him, we praise him. So now I have to set a little background for you. And I'm basing this part of the message, the introductory section, on Daniel chapter 1. You didn't turn them turn there because I'll bring up the relevant verses. But if you want, you can, you may. In Daniel chapter 1, in the first 17 verses, for example, we see something like this. Nebuchadnezzar, who was king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and he besieged, besieged it while Jehoiakim was king for only three years. And if you got a chance to read verse 2, it will tell you that the Lord delivered, the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, that's Judah's king, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, along with the articles from the temple of Jehovah God, and that Nebuchadnezzar, I call him Nebi, he took them and placed them in the temple of his God in Babylonia. Now, the chief of his courts, a fellow by the name of Aspenaz, he was ordered to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family of the Israelites, you know, from the nobility of the king that he has captured, Jehoiakim. Now, Aspenaz was to get young men, those without any physical defects. They were to be handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace. And I hear him saying, if these people used to serve a king in Judah, it means they know a little bit about royalty. So I want to take them and uh, I make up a word, Babylonianize them. So they were to be taught the language and the literature of the Babylonians. Now the story goes, that the king assigned them royal food. They were to get a daily amount of food and wine from his table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's palace. So they were going to go to the University of Babylon for three years, I would say. And by the time we get to verse 6 of that chapter, among those who were captured was a male quartet from Judah. Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They were captured. Now, one of the things the Babylonians did, straight off the bat, was to change their names. So Daniel was to become 
Belshazzar. Ananiah was now Shadrach. Misha's name was to now be Meshach. Azariah was to use the name Abednego. And so they changed their name. This is not in the sermon. But I want to tell you, be careful when people try to change your name. And they do it subtly. They try to tell you what you cannot become. They try to tell you where you're coming from. They will try to tell you that. Don't even talk about that dream because it will never happen. You're not qualified. You're too poor. You are black or you're white or you're blue or you're brown or you're short. Or they will try to rename you. They will try to tell you what is going to happen to you. You're going to get cancer. You're going to have this. They're trying to change your name. You know, so that when you get up in the morning, you get up in fear. Man, I wanted to start this business, but... Sister Rosie say I can't do it. <laughs> or my mother had sugar diabetes, so I'm going to die at 70. You see what happened? Once you begin to say what the enemy wants you to say, what you're doing is helping the enemy to change your name. Forgive me if I preach a little bit on you, sister. So that's what the enemy is trying to do, to change your name. To tell you that you do not have a sound mind, you're going to have dementia, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But you can't believe that. For God has given you some mind. My mother is home with the Lord. She's now a part of the welcome party in heaven. But she did an operation when she had colon cancer. And when she was going under the anesthesia, the nurse said to her, you might be demented when you, when you come back out. You might not be able to think clearly. My mother looked up at the nurse, for she was a serious woman of God. And she said, my dear, my God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So I'm going to be right here when I open. So she went and she did the operation. As soon as she opened her eyes, one of the nurses said, Daisy, I think my sisters are here. What, do you remember what my mother said to her? Do you remember? T tell me what my mother said. She said, I'm a child of God. I am not confused. None at all. My God promised me a sound to mine. And that is what I'm going home with. A sound to mine. These are my sisters preaching. Those are my sisters preaching. And then she said another thing which will make you laugh. Because she used to wear it in church. She said, where are my teeth? <laughs> so they tried to change these four boys, young men's minds. Where's my son Aaron? Don't let anybody tell you anything negative. If they tell you, even if you don't answer, reject it. If they tell you that you're going to be great, receive it. If they tell you that you're going to be smart in school, you're going to go to the best university, say yes and receive it. Anything negative, even if you don't answer, just say to yourself, I'm not going to receive that. I don't want to digress and tell you the many times people tell me what I couldn't become. I don't want to tell you the story because my sisters know it when I told that lady that I wanted an electric guitar. I wouldn't tell you what she told me where I'd have to plug it because there was no electricity in my house. 
And I've seen over the last few decades, I've had guitars upon guitars, I've lost track of them. I have taught thousands of people, I think by now, how to play that, because I taught it in high school, primary school, etc., etc. I could go on and on and on. Don't let the devil change your name. Don't let the enemy change your name. Don't let Babylon change your name. So when you look at verse 8, you will see something. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief officials for permission not to defile himself in this way. Defile. Defile is to use something that would make you less of what you are. To defile is to use something for what something else other than what it was intended. To defile is to put something in your system that you know is not supposed to be there. To defile is to put sin where righteousness is. To defile is to take the things out of God's holy temple and go put them in the place of idol worship. To defile is to take your pure clean heart that God has given you and to give it to the devil in one yeah. way or another. That is the file. Yeah. Daniel wouldn't eat. The Bible didn't explicitly tell you. But clearly, the food that is going to come from the king's table, he must be praying to some God, which was idol. So I think the same food that he would give to his idol is supposed to be good food and it's supposed to be shared around. And so if Daniel eats that, it is possible. The Bible doesn't explicitly tell me that he wanted them to eat the idol food. But there's another reason why Daniel would defile. And this is it. Because of what he knew, because of how he looked, because of what he had been practicing from Judah, I think he was eating well and he knew good food, yeah. right food. We'll talk some more about that. And so, if he knew that the Bible says you must eat reptile, and we talked about that last week, you remember the, f and you mustn't eat the fish that doesn't have scales and, and fins, and you must not eat the animal that does not do two things. It doesn't have this divided hoof, and it, the, and it must do both of them. So if you decide, that you are not going to do what these people do, then this is the stand. So I think these young men knew because they must have looked very handsome. I, 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 I think they look like the men that we have in here. I think they look like me. Because I'm preaching, I am not going to entertain you and do push-ups. Because I could do 50 right now and keep preaching. And there are people who know I could. Not because I'm weak, but because God is good. And because I learned a thing or two. So they decided that they were not going to defile themselves by eating idle food. God likes when we take our stand. Look at verse 9. Now God has caused the officials to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Anybody wants favor? This is not the sermon. I'm just building the... I'm not, I don't have to finish. I don't have to finish today. Because the Lord says, take your time. So he showed them favor. But the official, <laughs> God caused them to show favor 
But the officials told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned you food and drink. Why should we see you looking worse than the other young men who are the same age as you? The king would then have my head because of you. You have to eat this food. Now those days, king was supreme. More supreme than, I, don't, I shouldn't use this word, than the dictators, the worst dictators in the world right now. Who will put his brother in a rocket and send it off, or his uncle. So, when the king assigned a soldier to, or, or a leader to do anything and they didn't do it, back in those days, just by lifting the hand, the head could roll. So even though these fellows, Daniel in particular, found favor with Ashpenaz and he wanted to help, the, king, the king's man was afraid, he was worried. Self-preservation comes first, most people say. So, look what happens. Daniel decided to make a deal. And he asked him, he said, listen to me. Let's do this. Let's do this experiment. Try it out for 10 days. Nothing but vegetables and water. If after 10 days, if I look weak and droopy and sick and worse than the others, then pull away what I request and give me what the king says because I don't want you to get into trouble. <laughs> so he wanted to test them for those 10 days after which he would see what happened. <laughs> so the guards agreed and the 10-day experiment was done. At the end of the 10 days, these Hebrew boys looked healthier, better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food of drinking wine from the king's palace and gave them, what did he give them? Vegetables. And here's the bonus part in verse 7. I'm just summarizing this so you get it. It tells us that God gave knowledge and understanding to these guys of all kinds of literature and learning to these four young men, to the four of them. And to top it all, Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Wouldn't you like to be able to understand dreams and visions of all kinds? Wouldn't you like to know that because you take this pan for the Lord, great things are happening. When we do not defile ourselves, great things happen. I, I, I am so tempted to go up there, but I, I shall not. Because I want to at least whet your appetite on eating to live. That was the introduction. We're not going to go into the lion's den thing. Everybody knows that. I want us to piggyback on the rejection of the royal food in, in place of vegetable and water, natural. Now then, I want to make three statements. Number one, 
There are some people right here, right now, those who will listen via other media, who are just dying to eat. Anybody dying to eat? There are still some people, many, most, majority, who are eating to die. Some are dying to eat, some are eating to die. You will hear more about that. But very few are eating to live. Very few are eating to live. And I'll explain to you. Let's, you take my opinions as fact. I want you to, to take God's words as the fact. Remember in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, you can write it down. And God said, Behold, I have given you, that's Adam and Eve, every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding the seed to you, so shall be for your food. Now, a lot of people don't understand when he says, in, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be your food. All he's saying there is that I give you these trees and every time you see a tree grow, it bears fruit. Inside the fruit are a number of seeds that will in turn grow additional trees. And so you will feed yourself. I want you to bear that in mind because God must be have something in mind. Now, I am going to share and hopefully not spoil your Sunday dinner today by showing you the favorite sign, the favorite side of the coin. I want to talk about the meat monster. The meat monster. Uh, and I don't, I'm not preaching Halloween, but the meat monster. I think if you're afraid and if you see a monster, especially if it's in the dark, you would likely want to run, you know. Some of you see lizards and they remind you of scary things. So I want to talk about the meat monster. Here are some things I want us to think about. Eating meat, cheese, and highly processed foods have been proven to cause an elevated level of inflammation in the human body. When you eat meat, your level of inflammation is increased in your body. Another thing I want to tell you about meat. Now, inflammation is good because uh, I was walking past a desk and I didn't see a handle popping out. I hit my foot and it developed an inflammation. So that warned me that something is not right. That's good. But if you have persistent, consistent inflammation, this can cause a development of disease. And when I say disease, I'm talking about um, atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis. That is when the arteries begin to get hardened. This can cause heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and autoimmune diseases, just to name a few. That's one of the things that will happen 
with meat-eating people. Remember that. Have you ever heard the term saturated fat? Say yes. yes. Saturated fat is primarily found in meat, poultry, cheese, and other animal products. This saturated fat is a major force when it comes on to pushing up blood cholesterol levels. And I'm talking about bad cholesterol, because you know there's good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. Give me my avocado and I'll have good cholesterol. Now, this is a serious risk factor for heart attack when you have saturated fat. And it also can cause strokes. And by the way, do you know that heart attack and strokes are two of the leading killers in the United States? Well, listen, eating meat will also cause an elevation of bad blood cholesterol, which will lead to these things. So saturated fat is not good, as if we didn't know. And boy, I won't talk about my Jamaican friends, because back in the day we used to love to fry. Amen. Here's a word that I want us to be. You see, my people are destroyed because they don't know. You, I think most of you know what I'm saying, but you, you have to explain, teach this to somebody this week and help somebody live. Here's a word for us. Microorganism. Microorganism. There are trillions of microorganisms living in our bodies. These are collectively called microbiome. Microbiome. More and more medical science is finding that these microorganisms are crucial to our, our overall health. So you have microorganisms in your body, and I have some too. They not only help us to digest our food, but they produce critical nutrients. What? Mm -hmm. They also train our immune systems. They can turn our genes on and off. They can keep our gut tissues healthy and help protect us from the C word. Help to protect us from cancer. And I've been told that most of the serious diseases that take human beings home start in the gut. So, microorganisms. So, if you find your stomach getting bigger, and I'm not throwing well on anybody now, check to make sure that the microorganisms are not being destroyed or they're not being fed by some things which will cause them to malfunction, resulting in cancer. So, that's what they do. Now, I am getting a, a lot of what I'm telling you in this part from a lady and when I looked at her the last time she really looked like somebody who could talk to me about health because she was a picture of health and darling you're a picture of health uh, I, I'm just saying that she looked beautiful she looked toned her skin was nice you, you know <laughs> now she shared a lot about microorganism and this is a doctor she has she's a medical doctor more about her later on so your gut health is important. Back to the me, back to the animal. Last week when I was sharing, I bypassed a statement. I talked about the protein problem. We'll talk about it. Anybody remember that statement? I made it and I glossed over it because I knew it was a big thing. So if I don't eat meat, where am I going to get my protein, they say. I have to eat meat. 
Well, do you know that an estimated 38% of Americans have pre-diabetes? And when you have pre-diabetes, it means that the next step is type 2 diabetes. When the insulin problem comes in and your body stops producing it for itself, so you got to stick yourself in order to digest your food. I don't want that. Anybody want that? Please say no. Animal protein, especially red and processed meat, has been shown in study after study to increase the risk of type 2 diabetes. Can I pick on you, Brother Josiah? Do, do, do you eat meat? Kind of. <laughs> what kind of meat you, you eat? Only chicken. Only chicken. All right. Is it organic chicken? For the most part. All right. Not troubling you. It is said that eating meat once a week or more over a 17-year period can increase the risk of diabetes by 74%. Once or more over a 17-year period can increase the risk of diabetes by 74%. <laughs> so, why would meat cause type 2 diabetes? And I was thinking that it's sugar, right? Studies have shown that people in other parts of the world, they have a lot more sugar and they don't have a prevalence of diabetes. Well, there are several reasons, and let me explain this slowly because I know it's Sunday morning, but we have to learn animal fat, animal-based iron, they call it heavy, and nitrate preservatives in meat have been found to damage pancreatic cells. So it's alluding to pancreatic cancer. It has been found that these also worsen inflammation that I mentioned before. These things also cause weight gain. And again, they impair the way our insulin functions. So it can cut off your body production of insulin. So yes, where are my high school and my college graduates? Here is a word that you will explain for, for me. Omnivore. The average omnivore, like Brother Josiah. Anybody eat meat here? Anybody? No, no, I'm not going to. Anybody eats vegetable? If you eat meat and you eat vegetable, then you, because you eat the two types, yeah. you're an omnivore. You're not a vegetarian. And you're not a pescatarian like me. Right? I, I still eat fish. So, the average omnivore in this country gets more than one and a half times the maximum amount of protein that they really need and guess where it comes from animal sources ask the guys who do the pump the iron i came up on a guy who insists he has to eat he was he was so big after pumping the iron and he, he has to eat, I think, six or a dozen eggs a day, pumping in his system. And they have these big muscles, 
and we see they look good. The girls say they are sexy and all of that kind of thing. But if they stop pumping and stop eating that for three weeks, they become flabby. I would prefer to be like me. I do my natural workout. And if something happens and I can't work out for two weeks, I look the same. I, I'm not bragging. I'm just trying to substantiate what I see. I wear the same size shoes, the same size pants, the same size shirt, the same size coat from when I was the age of 17 till now. Same waist size. God, you must be lonely. Thank you. Now, contrary to popular perception, this excess amount of protein does not make us stronger or leaner. As a matter of fact, excess protein is stored as fat or it is turned into waste and expelled and guess what animal protein is a major cause of weight gain animal protein is a major cause of heart disease diabetes inflammation and cancer and just in passing this is not just my opinion. I have checked a number of persons. I've read books because I want to find out. When you begin to get to my age, your mortality begins to confront you. And when I was seven years of age and I got uh, the worst type of rheumatic fever and I was condemned to die and the doctor said, you pull through, but this thing, you, you will never get over it. The most you can live to is 25, he told me. I thought when I was seven, that man, 25 is a good deal. I get so many more years. But lo and behold, I got to 25. And I'm past twice that. So God must be good. God must be good. But these things I'm sharing you, most of it, I listened to some of the stuff and I read from, from, from Dr. McEachin, Michelle McEachin. And as I said before, she is a medical doctor. She's certified in internal medicine. She's a physician. And she's also, at the time when I checked this study in 2016, she was professor of medicine at New York University School of Medicine. Now, she's just one of many doctors. There are others that have read. But let me ask you a question. Based on what I have shared so far, based on what you have experienced, based those of you who take care of sick people, uh, oh, Based on all of this, based on the Daniel saga, the story of Daniel, let me ask us a question. Why are so many of us eating ourselves to death? And to make matters worse, if the meat was pure and organic like what it was back in the day, you know, if the cow was just out in the pasture eating God's green grass, if the chicken was just roaming around and give it corn, if the goats and the sheep were just out there in the meadows eating, I don't think it would be that bad. But they have gone ahead and they have injected these poisonous chemicals, they call them hormones, to speed up their time of readiness for these sources of meat. I said they have to feed the population. And then when we eat it now, our body, our bodies are not supposed to be processing chemicals. They're supposed to be processing food. Yeah. Our bodies have to be struggling night and day. When we think we are sleeping, our bodies are trying to deal with these chemical things. No man, no wonder sometimes we just end up 
getting sick. Once upon a time, only smoking would cause cancer. But nowadays, I know somebody right now, stage four cancer. He's never smoked a cigarette in his life. But he has stage four cancer. But thank you, Jesus, you're healing people. Can I pause and tell the people something that you have said to me right now? A friend of mine, I know him. I have a number of best friends, you know. Best friends mean they stick with you for decades. And, and if you're wrong, they tell you. If you're right, they encourage you. If they see you fall down, they lift you up. But the enemy attacked one of them. And when he went to the doctor, stage four cancer. So the Lord, I didn't know this. The Lord said, call him. So what's going on? And he started laughing. But then he shared with me what he was doing. And he said, take my name to the citadel. That's the communications meeting we have here on Tuesday night. And I, I know I won't finish this message. That's fine. I'm not rushing him. He said, take my name to the citadel. So I took his name. Last week, Tuesday night, at the citadel, I can't call his name, no, but the Holy Spirit brought another person, another friend of mine. And I heard myself calling his name. He lives in another country, many miles away. And you were here on Tuesday night, we were cursing that C word. Remember anybody? Yeah, we were praying against that. But this first friend that I mentioned, he texted me. I, I was looking for it on my phone, but it was taking up too much time. He said, well, the doctor says he's going to observe me. He can't do any operation. He says he will have to observe me for a year before he could even think of that. You know what I hear the Lord saying? It's receding. It's receding. So I'm driving yesterday and I went to the bank to do something for the citadel. Got in the bank. I didn't have the documents. So I, I said, Lord, you must be of a sense of humor. I'm going to go back home. Got home, got the document, got in my van. The, v, the, the phone rang. It was the other friend miles away. And he said, it has been confirmed. Stage four. I said, well, what is the good news? Where is the good news? He said, well, <laughs> it has not spread to any other part of the body. And he's contemplating whether I should remove the prostate, yes or no. That decision will be made in the next five weeks. What I didn't tell you was that after I had spoken with this person on the phone, the Lord said, call your other friend. Ask your other friend to pray for this friend. <laughs> So we prayed for the friend. It was after that. He texted me evening and said, this is the situation. So as it is right now, the Lord is working on those two cases. It has not spread. And I, as far as I'm concerned, God in the name of Jesus Christ, we your people speak complete and full healing, a reversal of that malady for my brothers. For my brothers and my other brother who has been tempted to think that it's going to happen. And if you're here right now this morning in the name of Jesus. Or if you're listening via any of the media available to us. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak a healing from prostate cancer. 
and from breast cancer, ovarian cancer. Mm, mm, mm. Ovarian cancer. Mm, mm, mm. We curse it to the root this morning in the name of Yeshua. So, how can we, after knowing this, eat ourselves to death? How about trying out the Daniel diet for a while? And this is the first part of eating to live. I will just touch the first part of eating to live and then I close because I need us to understand something. You see, to eat to live, you want to reverse or prevent all of those negative things I told you. Things I would have told you about saturated fat, inflammation, uh, sugar diabetes type 2, cancer, because of that primary source. Let me tell you one thing. I have seven, but I'm only going to give you one today. One. If we were to go back to a predominantly plant-based diet, we would reduce or eliminate inf inflammation in our bodies. Plant-based diets are naturally anti-inflammatory. God, I'm remembering my neem plant. Anybody ever hear about it? Free advertisement. It's not for a company. It's a bit of plant, but one of the properties of the neem is its anti-inflammatory capability. You see, plants are higher in fiber and antioxidants and other Python nutrients, powerful necessary nutrients. Plants are much lower in inflammatory triggering. The things that would trigger inflammation, plants are lower in those. Plant-based diets can dramatically lower the level of your, let me tell you that, that that's a new term, the nurses will know it more than I do. It will cause let me make sure I tell you that one because that's something that's very important. It's a, it's a level and it will lower that. The plant will lower your blood cholesterol level. It will cause it to drop. I have many more benefits of plant eating. But I want to share something with you based on what I've said so far. The Holy Spirit around this thing. I don't want to keep you here all day. It's all good to read the Bible and to say I believe it. It's all good to share these messages. But when you have an experience of what you share, it's called a testimony. I have several. Several. When I just came to this country, I went for my physical. And the doctor checked my blood pressure. She said, it's a little bit high. I'm going to put you on a thing called a penal. I said, what? I said, how long will I have to take that? She said, oh, it's just to help you along. So I took the thing. I thought, I don't want my blood pressure to go up. So I went home. And with gullibility, like so many of us who worship doctors over God, and they have their purposes. I'm not cursing them. I took the first one. 
and my head started to spin. I decided not another one. So I went back to the doctor. I said, that one doesn't work. She said, oh, let me give you another one. I'm driving home. The spirit said, don't you take another one. So I said, okay, don't I take another one? What do I do? He said, get up, do what you are supposed to do. And I remember I had stopped exercising. So I took, I went to Walmart, bought myself a blood pressure machine, drew myself up a chart. I cut down on my salt. I increased my rest. I started drinking primarily water. Measuring my blood pressure once a day, and sometimes twice, and I started to exercise, and I started looking on the chart. I went back to the doctor a couple of weeks. She said, "Oh, say your blood pressure is looking good." I said, "Doc, what do you think of this?" She said, "Well, this is good. The medicine is working." <laughs> I said, "No, doc." I have not taken it, and I have not taken it. She said, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. That was almost 15 years ago. Four doctors, one, two, three, four doctors have tried since then. Guess what I discovered? You're driving to the doctor, especially if the day is hot. You have to concentrate on the road, okay? You get to the doctor's office, they sit you down. They take your blood pressure because it passes 130 for the top. And because it passes 80 at the bottom, they decide that you need to be on medication because your blood pressure is high. What they are supposed to do is to take it, let you chill for 5 to 10 minutes, take it again. And another time, take it again. And if the three numbers average out to high blood pressure, then there is cause for alarm. What they're also not telling you is that these pills do not cure your high blood pressure. Once you start taking them, you have to live on them. And when you have to live on them, you work your hard-earned dollar. And you're scared that you're going to have a problem. So you keep buying the medication. Most of it is generic anyways, so you don't know where it comes from. I'm not, I'm not hitting the doctors. And I believe that sometimes if they don't do these things, they don't get paid because I, I wonder if they pay, I hope doctors don't hate me. I would love to find some doctors whose primary emphasis is on curing. It's on helping the body to do what God intends it to do. Oh, I love doctors. God forbid if I ever meet an accident, take me to the doctor. They have all the machinery, the gadgets, they can read it, they study for years. I love them, they are good at that. But find me some doctors who will sit and talk with me and say, look, you are over 16 now. And based on this reading, if you continue like this, you're going to develop high blood pressure and it can lead to this and that and stroke and death. Here are your options. I can give you these, and you can stay on them. Or, here is another method. And I think doctors would love to do that. But, maybe if they do that and somebody gets sick, they will get sued. So, poor doctors are in a hard spot. So, my advice to us is to take our health 
into our own hands read now I, I check my blood pressure I can tell you when I want it to go up if I want to settle my blood pressure now I know exactly how to do it and if I want to get it down I know exactly how to get it down the same thing goes for sugar diabetes that thing can be reversed in two weeks I'm not going to spend the time talking about this if you come to our communications meeting on Tuesday evening, we will talk some more about these things, nuts and bolts. But what I want to say to us today is that it's a myth that if you don't eat meat, you will not get enough protein. If you have to eat meat, eat meat. But may God help us to find the organic one, the one without those things. The Daniel story is real. The Daniel story is relevant. Did anybody see anywhere in the Bible where God said, forget about the herbs and the plants and the fruit and the vegetables. Forget about those, man. Just eat meat. And we talked about the story in Acts chapter, I think it was 11, where rice, Peter rice, kill and eat, call nothing that I've created unclean. And I had to point out to us that I was talking about a philosophy that the Gentiles weren't clean, even though God made them. So my prayer this morning is that we will don't do it cold turkey. Do it slowly. Cut down the meat, increase the natural. Cut down the meat, increase the natural. Drink the water, cut out the soda, etc., etc. Why are you talking about this in church on a Sunday morning? You should be preaching about sin and salvation. Of course those are important. But don't you need a healthy body to worship the Lord? Oh, yeah. When you're worshiping the Lord, do you want a sick knee that you, you can't lift your hand? Do you want to be worried about some kind of malady? That is why the Lord says, when you look unto me like Moses looked on the, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, you'll be saved, you'll be healed. So if we didn't know these things and we get sick, or if we got sick and we disobey, it's quite in order to go to dad and ask him for healing. But I would prefer not to get sick. There's a book I love to read. I have to advertise it. It's called Never Be Sick Again. If you ever read that book, it will change your mind. There's another book that I also love to read. It says, we don't die, we kill ourselves. Because most of us are supposed to live between 100 and 120 and live healthy and happy and walking up on the street, driving a Mini Cooper like that lady I saw in the, in the UK via a video. She was a tennis player, 105, driving, step out the car like anything, like that. 115 year old woman in, I think it was Okinawa, one of those, um, Places and she was in a tree picking the fruit at 100 and out. So when I tell people I want to live to 108 and 20, I want to be healthy. I don't want to be a bother. If you are going to be a bother, then you don't want the Lord to take you home. But we want to live and pray that God would help us to live like Moses. When Moses was uh, 120, God said, Come, boy, I'm taking you home now. Come up to Nebo. So he went up. Caleb, 118. Job got up before his trouble. 
Because he had such suffering, he went over the 120 marker. Anybody remember how many years he got? 140. God is good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Help us to abide.